December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Yo, this is a nighttime podcast. Even though you could be listening to this at any point during the day, uh, this is probably maybe the second or third time Andy and I are doing the podcast after work. I like doing them after work, though. I, I don't. Know, I know you don't, but we get to talk about the club the whole week uh, of the club. I don't really have nothing to say about the club. I just I just was, uh, my 48-year-old body was just broken down, and I just needed a rest, so I, I, I couldn't get up early to do this shit earlier. Yeah, but we're in Charlotte, and Charlotte's a, a kind of a cool place, and so uh, it was- Love Charlotte. I've always said Charlotte to me. Of all the southern places, not counting Florida, because that's what is that considered like south? It, it's southeast, so southeast. It, but it feel it don't feel like the side. It's part of the coast, you know the east. Yeah, coast, but, you know. but as far as this being legitimate south, two reasons why I love this: one, because it feels more metropolitan, and two, you know who's from here? Yeah, six six Edgard, North Carolina. Even though technically he's from New York, born in Brooklyn. The greatest basketball player of all time is a New Yorker, nigga. But home is where you lay your hat. Yeah. So there it is. And he grew up in, he grew up here, though. I'm just a country boy from North Carolina. Yeah, so he's <clears throat> he's part of this community. Uh, uh, what, what else was going to say, though? But when we do this, we get to talk about everything that's happened in Charlotte, not just, you know, the well, clubs. Yeah, yeah. The, unbeknownst to the both of us. <laughs> to the both of us. The both these. Yeah. We didn't find out uh, until late that... Uh, I guess gay pride was popping off this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and literally, when we walk out of our hotel, they got the roads and streets blocked off for gay pride festival. Right on the corner of our Right world. on the mother. You can't even walk out of this. Dude, dude. The other day, I went to go get Jimmy John's. And I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go in the elevator. And we haven't talked about this, by the way. What I want to say is, we didn't speak to each other. We just both go to Jimmy John's a lot. Yeah, we love, I love Jimmy John's, even though the owner, the owner, the founder is an animal hunter, which I hate. Well, he takes pictures with you're eating, shot giraffes you're and eating lions. animals when you go there, right? Yeah, but these are the majestic ones that come from okay. Africa. So you don't mind. And I'm, I'm African American, so there's a connection. There is? Between me and Simba. Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. We, we we both are going to go to Jimmy John's, not talking to each other about this, not knowing what's going on. But go yeah. Ahead. So anyway, um, the other day I, I I was low on energy, and I and I asked the girl at the front desk, "Where can I get a five hour energy and some cigarettes?" And she was like, "Oh, you go down here, make a right, make a left, make a right, and there's Seven Eleven." 
So as I'm walking to 7-Eleven, there's a group of about five guys walking up the street. And they all, five friar tucks. They bald, got the big bellies. And they all had on these tops. Uh, Let me see if I could articulate this right. They start at the neck. They come down and end just above the nipples. And so from the nipples down to the top of the dick is nakedness with nipple rings. And and, and I'm just, and they're kids walking around. And I asked Andy, and I asked Andy in the in the car on the way to the comedy club, and I just went, again, okay, whatever. Gay pride, this is what you guys do. You want to celebrate, you're here, we're queer, get used to it. I'm not knocking your hustle. But I'm just going, there's kids around. That's not crazy. And 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 from the front, it was belly, nipples, ear, nipple piercings. And from the back, denim jean shorts cut in such a way where the ass cheeks are out. Uh, uh, is this okay? I just would, is this okay? I would love to see in your face. I, I looked at it. I just went, "This is some wild shit." And and again, I don't want to knock anybody's hustle, but I think that is it wrong for me to say, like, ha- have it make it like it's a nightclub. If, if you come into the festival, there are entry points where you go, listen, if you're not of the right age, you can't enter here. I just don't know the kids need to be exposed to this. But as I said to you, and listen, I, I'm not disagreeing with you because I think it's a, a, I think pride has become very over-sexualized. And as far as I understood, you know, as far as, you know, living a gay lifestyle, the, the sexual part of your lifestyle is only one aspect of your life. Okay. And you're supposed to have other aspects, but pride seems to be focusing on the sexual part of the, uh, of that aspect. So that's a little different. And I know that some people have, um, uh, some people that are uh, part of the gay community. And I love this ex- point you're about to make, because I think this is important. Have expressed that it has become overly sexualized and that life is more than about fucking. It's also about, who, how you live your life, who you want to live your life, romantically live your life. Uh, so I think it's I think it's fair to criticize that. But as I said to you, we've if, if a woman was walking down the street and she had short shorts on, she was just had a, a shirt that was right covering up her boobs, maybe a little side boob even showing, a little provocative, you would, see through. You would you be mad at that? I would say... Would you be mad if your children were out, if that girl was out there? That's what I'm asking. But uh, wi- but women have always... So because we've always... suggestive... So we've always sexualized women, so then it's okay. I don't know that if, if okay is the right word, but I don't see that as being anything... Listen, should technically, should a kid see female side boob or see-through shirt? Probably not. But it feels like... You know, I hate this word, the norm. It's not as shocking, though, I think, associated with women. It's not as shocking. But maybe it should. But, but seeing that, a dude with his whole beard gut out, with pierced nipples, and his ass cheeks, 
raises questions. No. Well, I would say this. If we were walking down the street and listen to the bigger ladies out there, not trying to knock whatever hustle oh, you got going on. Bitches. But if you are not, if you are, listen, if you are a very plus size person and you're wearing very provocative clothes, sometimes we're going to look at you and go, that just doesn't look right. And a bunch of big guys walking out, it uh, doesn't look right. I mean, there is there is a reason why you wear suggestions clothes and it's to be sexy. But you know what? Then on the other side of that, if they feel good in their own skin, that is part about being sexy. So for the women, that's part about being sexy. But I mean, I understand everything we're saying, but there's a contradiction to everything that we're saying. That's my point is that. I don't think that kids should be, especially with what I saw going on, even at this festival. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But I've been I've been around other pride parades that are very sexualized. And I see little kids there. And I don't think that that's the right place for them. I've worked in a bar setting my whole most of my adult life. And I don't think kids belong in bars with things that are going on. Dude, I'm just saying, like, remember once upon a time ago in the 80s when Times Square was not what it is today. Disneyland and corporate. Right. Kids didn't hang out in Times Square. Well, you weren't supposed to bring your kids to Times Square. Right, yeah. because the porno houses and blah, blah, blah. There was some seediness to it. Some even, seediness. even when you were walking down the street, even if it wasn't on where you could see it, right. you still just didn't bring kids there. But it's almost like, and I don't know if this feels like a forced issue, but they're treating the gay pride parade like it's Times Square. Like it's just as wholesome and family-oriented and welcoming as a Times Square today. And I don't see how that connection, I don't see how that to, to, to correlate. If you go, and again, I'm not saying you're not supposed to have your parade. That's the beauty of America. You're supposed to be able to have the whole demonstrations and protests and, and get license, licenses and permits to express yourself. That's the beauty of the country. But when you start having your ass cheeks out, and nipple piercings and suggestive sexual themes. There's no, there's no. Well, and again, that's what some people have expressed concern with. And I'm not talking about uh, heterosexual people. Uh, gay people have expressed concern. Actual gay people are expressing concern that and, this has become overly sexualized. And I think that's important because it, it seems like not that we shouldn't have the right as non-gay people to say it. But it seems like if we say it, we're out of bounds. But when it officially comes from the people that are part of that community, now there's some legitimacy to it. But I would also argue that we have over-sexualized women in that same vein that you're you're looking at and saying, and and use the word normal. And so I'm going to go with that word normal. Still, it is normal to over-sexualize women. We do it in advertising, all kinds of marketing. So, but I, are women not? I, I I think the point, I know what you're trying, I know where you're going to go and I'm stopping you from going there before you get yourself in trouble. Um, I don't, I, I think we should question that too, that maybe we, we need to look at what we're doing on, you know, if you're going to, uh, if we're going to be openly uh, suggesting that maybe the pride thing has gone too far as far as over-sexualizing it, then we need to call ourselves out on this side of the uh, a table for calling uh, on, if we are over-sexualizing a group of people in, in, in what is the straight community that, that women have been over-sexualized. Right. Listen, I know the feminists don't like that, but I think there are a lot of women 
who take pride in recognizing the beauty and the sex appeal of being girls, girly girls. And, and, and women are, you know, especially from a man's point of view, are naturally sexier than a man could ever be. There's a reason why, you know, and I hate that word sexualized, like it's making women victims, but they're sexy. They're beautiful. They have curves. They, 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 you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why a dude could take his shirt off and, and there's no law against that. But a woman doing it, it's like, nigga, boobies are powerful. Again, it's it's still a guy takes his shirt off, uh, and there's women that complain about that, that women should have the same right, that they, they should here, here. take their shirt off. Right. So, I, you know, it, this is very, it's more complicated than we're, than we're going to, than I, I think that we are, are going to articulate. Uh, but it is a more complicated issue. I, I don't think that it's, uh, I, I don't think any part of, of pride is a problem except for the fact that I think if we're going to make it a sexual, like you said, I think that there would be areas of the uh, festival that would be more for adult and then have your kids run around doing stuff uh, at the rest of it is, is fine. But if it, if it's an adult, if it has an adult theme, then maybe we should, it should be considered. That's all. You had a great joke that you wrote uh, that I hope you keep doing in regards to you getting caught in the vortex. I, I, of- I did. Like I said, I just didn't know that this was going on. And I went to Jimmy John's. And Jimmy John, okay, we're on one corner of the street. Um, and uh, on the opposite corner is Jimmy John's. So it's a, it's a very, we have to go through what, I, I, and I don't want to say it yet because I'll, I'll explain it in this. But I went to work out and I got, I had my, uh, I'm wearing some orange Nikes. And I had my little uh, little gray shorts on for working out. And then I had a... <laughs> I had the tie-dyed shirt Which was on. the great punchline part of it, because yeah. I just didn't think. But yes, tie-dye being associated with... Well, yeah, because it was all color, all the colors, right. the rainbow colors. And so, I'm, you know, I, I was working out, and I got done, and I have my orange hat on that I you know, have here. I just put it on to go walk over there. And I walk outside the door, and I don't know this is happening. And then I hear cheering and yelling and screaming and just, like, everybody's having a good time. And uh, I just realized I had walked into the gayness. And... Uh, I was perfectly upstairs just being a straight guy. And uh, for about 38 seconds, I was gay. I was gay for 38 <laughs> seconds. I, 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 you ironically went to go get a Jimmy John's submarine-shaped sandwich to yeah. put in your mouth. Yeah. And it was good, by the way. It all made sense. It's, uh, uh, and by the way, if anybody wants to know, I get the bootlegger, uh, which is the, uh, the roast beef and turkey. Uh, take off the mayo, add the Dijon mustard. Well, the mayo is the yeah. That's the that's the that's the, the special yeah special sauce. I get the special. I get the spicy Italian. Uh, <laughs> Even when you said it today, I got to be honest. I laughed. Spicy Italian. The way, when you know because everything's going on, you go. I want a spicy Italian, and I was just. I started laughing. I'm sorry. You know what? It's like sucking Johnny Shack's stick. Sometimes it's spicy fucking Italian. We're just yeah. children, man. Yeah, We're just fucking children. But uh, it, it was cool, though. I'm not again. This is not a knock. I saw a lot of people that were really enjoying their life. I was proud of them for right. them getting to be themselves. I, I was happy to see, you know, it, it like it does. It doesn't bother me uh, one way or the other. But I, I did have it like you just said, the only concern, the only thing that was out there. Is, is there an age limit in certain places? Should there be? And would that be a nicer way of handling it? I, I'm, I'm just, you know. Yeah, kids are exposed to a lot though today. Like, I mean, 
they can get anything on the uh, on their phones. But I mean, I saw you know, like six, seven year old kids out there. So I don't know. <sighs> I, I don't know if that's the problem. I'm. I was. It, it, you when you brought it up, I was like, yeah, I felt it was a little odd. Yeah. Um, random shit that I brought to Andy's attention that he, I think we both once upon a time ago saw this preview for this movie. And I, and at first when I saw it, I was like, you know what? Not really interested. But then again, I was interested as I was, as I was downloading my movies to watch on the plane ride over here. I said, you know what? Would I have paid money to see this in the theater? No. But since it's downloadable, fuck it. Man, this movie, Sisu, S-I-S-U. And it's about some dude who is a gold miner who takes on Nazis because they fuck with him. It's, 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 it's got a little bit of a John Wick context. And yeah. John Wick, they killed his dog. And then the, 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 the rest of the mayhem ensues. I guess he killed his horse. Yeah, but I don't think that. I think it was going to be bad no matter what. To the fel- to the to the fellas or the people that know this movie, you already know. But for those of you who don't, Sisu, S I S U, and 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 it's got a the way they break it down with chapter one, chapter two. It felt Quentin Tarantino. It's very to Quentin Tarantino. Yes, and like you said, but it's like if Quentin Tarantino did John Wick, and I'm not trying to knock the movie, but not as good. Not as good as John Wick. Not as good as John Wick. Not as good as Tarantino. Let me ask you this. John Wick obviously has had a four-part four part lifespan. Could there be a CISO 2, 3, and 4? No, because the Nazis are dead and the war is over. All right. That means I agree with you. Because the, the, it's, they already say in this that the war is ending. This movie is so over-the-top man food violence that it would feel like if I don't support it, my man card should be taken. But for me, you know, I'm squeamish. Dude, I mean, the violence in this motherfucker is pornographic violence. I mean, detailed, over the top. When they blew that motherfucker's horse up and I'm looking at horse ribs, horse head, Horse toast, torso, horse body part. I went, oh no. See, that doesn't bother me at all because I know oh. all that is, it's an explosion and then they just throw a bunch of shit anywhere. Anyway, but before I go on, I just want to shout out to uh, Justin from the Bronx, one of the guys who followed me and uh, I love that he communicates with me, but he reminded me of this movie. So I appreciate it. And he gave me the update, but I want to tell you this because you said about the blow up and the scream. He said, man, get a sandwich and watch this movie. And I got a sandwich to watch the movie. And I told Aries that and Aries... <laughs> It's like you're eating. There. Let me tell you, dude. I was on the plane. I took two bites of my shit, and when the horse blew up, and he's sitting there laying there with horse debris, I put my fucking, I moved my tray away, <laughs> and I went, okay, I can't eat and watch this, so, and I lost my fucking appetite. I, I'm telling you something about the movie. I went, I like the heroism of this dude being a badass. But how graphic this violence was. Dude, when he fucking kills the first Nazi and takes his fuck, and the dude ain't got no gun. He got two, he got he got a, a thick knife and something that almost resembles a sword. And a pickaxe. And a pickaxe. 
When he stabbed dude through the head. That was the best scene. That was my favorite scene in the With the, the first thick knife. I went, oh shit. This is what this is. Temple to temple. Dude, I'm telling you, when the horse blew up and they had the horse ribs, I, yeah. I, I said, I'm in. I want to watch this. But man, my appetite left like a black dad finding out he had a kid. It didn't do anything to me because I know what you you, I, you... you don't mind that. No, because... And they just throw... You know, you just they're just throwing up these pieces. When shit blow up, chunks. Chunk. It was very Chunk, chunky. A lot of chunks. <laughs> oh, God. And I like my salsa smooth. I don't like chunks in it. I like chunks, but in my salsa, not in my movies. <laughs> in the movie, chunk it up. I didn't care. Dude, let me ask you something. And, and this is what I love about you because no matter how good a movie is or how man foodish you keep a certain level of horse shit like that's horse shit how is it this nigga lived through everything dude when he fucking got hung and the way for him to get himself off the, the hanging <laughs> was with the nail dude i know that, had to, that had to kill you because you could see like the you could see the bone in there a little bit i said i, I watched this and, and when he, and when they hung him I went, how is he going to get out of this? You know he's the hero, so he's got to make it to the end. But they hung this motherfucker. And here, it'd be different if it was his, his hands weren't tied behind his back. This motherfucker's hands was tied behind his back. He's hanging from a noose. There's no way he can help himself. And he helped himself. The movie Rosewood, when Ving Rhames got hung, you know what saved him? Do you remember? No. He called his horse. Oh, yeah. Before they were like, uh, they were going to kill his horse. And he gave his horse the signal to run away just so his horse wouldn't be killed. And his horse run away, and he's hanging. His hands are behind his back. Ving Rhames is, he's jolting. The life is being shaken out of him. Then once all the, the, the racists left, and it was just him, and he had a little bit of breath left, he called his horse back. And his horse comes, gets up under him, gives him the... The, 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 what he needs to not choke to death. And then he figured it out. He grabbed the knife from his boot. This white man had no horse. And his fucking hands were tied behind his back. And he used a fucking nail that he stuck his injured thigh in to somehow pull the weight to of, take, of yeah. the thing so he could slide up. White man can figure it out, nigga. A white man, nigga, needs a horse. A white man, you can't kill him. You can't kill this white man. He, they say it. The, the, the girls the girls that are he captured. He can't be killed. That's the mystery. No, no. He, they, they, she says he can be killed. He just refuses to die. To die. When a white man decides he can escape de death, nigga, nothing can stop him. That white man is super nigga. Now, I know we're giving away the whole movie, but I didn't mind him with the hanging because I guess like if you did the whole thing like you were dying and you got the people to leave quick enough that you could... You you would you could hold your because remember remember he also was holding his breath when he went underwater he could hold his breath right. for a long for time. fifteen minutes he and well you saw him suck you know you talk about the grossest parts oh when he, when he cuts the guy's right. air out then he, he sucks slits his, the guy's throat and sucks air out of his lungs out of his lungs so he can so stand this, so this white man <laughs> this white man uh, survived drowning he stayed underwater for fifteen minutes he got air from sucking the Nazi's neck and got his air from his neck, and then he survived a hanging, and then here's the other... This great. is the one that, if you're going to where I'm going... Well, there's two more pieces of great bullshit. 
So as the plane is getting ready to take off, and he used his axe pick to throw it into the plane, which snatches him off the motorcycle with the gun. Word, nigga. 20 plus thousand feet in the air. And this nigga is hanging on to an ice pick, an axe pick, as he's on a plane. Fuck the speed. Fuck the wind. He never... Well, he's detached. He does. He gets detached and he slides and he catches the back wheel. Right. Now, oh, yeah, that's it. He, the wind, the, the, the axe pick finally can't hold in place. It separates from the plane. And as he's sliding away from the plane in midair, the timing is perfect. And he catches the wheel. That's not even the one that really. That one doesn't. Bo- that one's probably the one that bothers me the least. Not the least, but that one. Here's the creme de la creme. This is the one that bothers me. The plane, the, 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 the pilot, before the, the plane takes off, he's on the motorcycle with the gun. He throws a couple of shots into the windshield. He injures the pilot. The pilot tells the one other guy, the one other Nazi, it's two Nazis in the plane, it's bad. My injuries are bad. He's coughing up blood. Cut to, as the main bad guy Nazi is fighting this dude, they find out after he, he, he beats the main Nazi, that the pilot's dead. No one's flying the plane. It's about to crash. There's no parachutes left. The plane nose dives into the ground, explodes. This nigga lives, crawls out of the mud. Come on. That's the one that bothered me. That's the only one that bothered me. Well, I don't know what's scarier, a nigga that can't die or a white man that can't die. I was waiting for him to crawl out of the mud and find a hockey mask. <laughs> that would have made more sense to me. Come on, man. The, 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 the air, the, that one was a little tough. I wish they would have done that a little differently. Like, had it hit something like the water where he could escape <laughs> out of the water or something. Uh, that one was rough because when you see the the crash, they made it straight oh, nosedive. Come on! And most crashes come with fire and smoke. Nothing. It will just debris. And he, he must have just done a few turns there. He did tie himself down to the like he. You see the you see the theory behind it, but that that was tough. But it was still the fact that he survives. The fact that they told you take that leap of faith. He ref- he chooses not to die. He refuses. So I get what the story was, but that it, it's as close to Jason. But I I have a lot of pro- I have some I have some issues. With Listen, me. as far as man food goes, I cannot recommend this movie. It feeds the man food soul. But Jesus, I liked when he was taking those bits and parts out of him from the 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 shrap metal that he was taking out of his body. Right. But my one part that I like that I know that you did, probably didn't like that I loved. And it makes it makes you it makes the leap of faith a little easier to go to is when he makes a, a, a hook so that he can stitch himself up. Oh. And he's doing that in front of the oh. in front of the other guy. And the guy is like getting sick. The, mm. other, the guy watching him do it is getting sick. Mm. And by doing that, at least you it's like, yeah, this is gross. And no one could do this. 
that guy, the guy, the other tough guy is, is, is falling apart watching him do this. So that made sense. It kind of brought you into like, yeah, take the leap of faith. No one can believe this shit's happening, but it's really happening. But, I thought the shit with the women killing the Nazis when he gave them all the machine guns. Yeah. That was cool shit. That was good. It was, but and I, they did I, it well. Yeah, but dude, oh, this motherfucker. And listen, I loved how badass he was. That's why I'm going as a dude. I get it. The man food, he felt the badassness of it. But I'm just like, this motherfucker. Yeah, but the movie sucked. So overall, you thought it sucked. The, I love the action. I love what they tried to do. But right. here's why the movie sucked. You ready for why the movie sucked? There's no... You don't feel for this guy. Because he doesn't have any lines, which is kind of cool. I felt for him because of how they fucked, stole his gold. And they f- killed his horse. They stole... But, but, you don't have any connection to him as being a good guy. He could be a bad guy. That's the stole. They don't really give you the connection. And the Nazis, they want you to dislike the Nazis because they're Nazis. But the Nazi, the first Nazi. Is there any other reason? Yeah, because this is the story that we're going to be telling. The first not the first time he goes by the Nazi, the the, the main guy, right. the guy pulls his the rifle down, and says, "No, he's walking into his own death," and lets the guy live. But then he hears all the gunshots. Yeah, but. But you don't, you're not mad at that guy. You needed to hate that Nazi. They they could have, the girls, okay. And maybe it's because the way this movie was done differently. The girls that they have captured, they make innuendo about, oh, hey, you we have. just raped them. Yeah, we raped them. But, but there's only innuendo. They don't show anything battering. You don't hate these Nazis. But even the main Nazi goes, we got a truck full of women and, and booze. I think they can figure out something to right, make it happen. to do with the women. Yeah, we know it, but they don't take us there. They take us through all the violence, right. all, but they don't make us hate them. Right. That's the problem. You can't hate them. And this guy is just a this is a badass guy, and you hear a story about him, right. but they didn't make you and they kind of do. They kind of tell you a little story like um his wife was killed, they killed his family. But they didn't give you a. I I think they could have given you more a flashback, maybe something. But they didn't give you anything so that you really felt for him. I didn't feel for Listen, him that the same. The fact way. that they were Nazis was enough for me because you know the Nazis are yeah, but the th- enemy. But yeah, but that's that's it's that's an easy. Gift. I never thought I would hear a Jew defend Nazis. Yeah, I'm not defending Nazis. I'm saying the the screenplay needed to show why you hate the Nazis. I know you can just hate them because they're Nazis, and that's fine. You can hate them because right. they're Nazis. But that isn't enough for the movie. We've already known that. They're, they're, listen, when we when you do Quentin Tarantino, right. and he remade... Um, Django. No, 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 no. What's the Nazi? Oh, Glorious one? Bastards. Dude, you hated those Nazis. And then you kind of... I don't know. You, 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 you saw Nazis killing... <clears throat> and then the Brad Pitt character, you loved him for being the badass. You loved him for carving... The, the the swastika in, in their heads. You loved them for all that. Well, I didn't see Inglorious. So no, you know. didn't. You loved them for that. You gotta you gotta have a you gotta have it so that this is the good guys. This is the bad guys, and that's it. They just made this guy. Why why was he out there getting the gold? He got the gold. Yeah, I, I understand. You can you can say that he was the good guy. They they told you the stories, but they just emotionally it didn't take me there. And that's what Quentin Tarantino always does. He takes you there. He takes you, like, in, in, in Reservoir Dogs, even the cop, you feel for the cop. He's dying. And the other guy is telling you, this is not, uh, it, uh, who's the guy? Uh, uh, Michael Manson. It's not Michael Manson. Michael Manson doesn't like it. Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. He's not a cop. I, he took a bullet. He's, He's a, a good kid. Yeah, yeah. So, You're wrong. He's a good kid. 
so you you have all right. this you know this uh, passion for these right. people. I I just I, I they just didn't pre- they just presented it as guns and death and Nazis and and this other guy. Um, I need a little bit more, and he just doesn't talk. And then at the very end, the last statement is, uh, "I need the I want it in big bills because it's lighter to carry." So where's he going? What's his deal? What's the, there's nothing to there's. Do you know what I mean? I I don't. You want a more story? Well, where's he going with the gold? Is is this? Is he is he fighting for this gold for something? Is he going to go rebuild a city? Is he be rich? He wants to be rich. Okay, but then let him be. But where's the story about it? Otherwise, it's just a bag of gold. Listen. Like Quentin Tar- in Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction, we don't really know what's in the suitcase, and they make that so important, and everybody knows that the suitcase is important. Mm. Why was that gold important to him? Why was it? I mean, obviously, Why it's money. Why would gold be important to anybody? It's well, money. And then, just for me personally, do you know, he couldn't, I, you know how hard it would be to carry all that gold? Gold weighs. Yeah. It's so heavy. He isn't picking it up and throwing it around like he's acting in this movie. So that's another problem with right. me. I just have a little issues with this, but why, I want more. I want a little bit more story. They didn't develop the characters enough that I gave a shit about either one of any of them. I just took the movie for what it was. Yeah, man. it's man food. It, it's it, straight it, it, fucking over the top man food. I, and this is how I describe it. It's it's not a good movie, but it's very entertaining. Listen, a TV dinner ain't great food, but it gets the job, the job done. done. And this this is what it did. It's, All right, let's do this. Um, because we only got a half hour left, and we were gonna talk about the first two episodes of Winning Time. I got a feeling we'll get to episode one and fill this half hour, and then we don't have to rush because yeah. it's a series. Yeah, and, so we can get to. And it. this is the first time we're gonna do this because Aries is actually interested in watching. Yes, this. I'm. I'm gonna go instead of waiting to binge. I'm doing ep to ep. And uh, if we weren't doing this right now, we'd be able to catch. The nine o'clock showing. We could have caught it of uh, winning tonight. time tonight. Okay, but I'm going to go watch it on. Uh, in the first episode, it said actual name of the road bus as White Bus, hence the fans' reaction. Um, it was that racial or just team tribalism? Because here's my thing: whether it's that moment, and even some again, some of the characters, Jerry West. Norm Nixon, I know that this is dramatic license because you have to entertain yeah. to show. But I'm questioning how much is accurate and how much is this is exaggerated. I, I think it's a. I think there's a little of both. But let's let's break down what you said. How was it tribal or was it racial? Well, let's ask. Was some, it really called white bus? Well, yeah, it said it was. Yeah, it said it was white bus. I'm sure it was white bus lines. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. So if it's so white, it just ironically happened to be in white Boston. bus lines in Boston with racial tension. Yeah, but let's let's do the other part. Is it racial or is it tribal? And this is a good question. I like this question because let me ask you this question: Who was the first person and team to field an all-black uh, starting lineup? Uh, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So is it racial? Here's where the line gets blurred for me. Mm-hmm. Like with the palace, the malice in the palace, we saw it. It was footage. We saw the, the, the anarchy. Okay. When they opened the scene with the Lakers running to the locker room, popcorn, soda, shit being thrown, I'm going, that didn't really happen. Because if it did, there would be footage. Just like there was footage of the actual games, there would be footage of that. So they were... 
they were exaggerating, making it seem like, oh, the fans of Boston was just these racial, racial animals who went, who created anarchy. And it, that, that, they're lying. Well, I think, you know, there were things thrown on the players. They talk about in Boston. They'll throw, they'll throw things on. But I've like never Pop heard Pop. that. Of all the, 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 the Laker doc, the Laker Celtics docs, and they've had extensively, you know, interviews with Bird and Magic and McHale and all both teams. I've never heard that. I've heard popcorn. I heard, but not something that's going to hurt somebody. I heard that they'll but to come that level that they no, showed no, it. No, no, not to that level. Okay. That, it's, it, that it's happened. And as far as the racial epithets, uh, epithets, did I say epithets, that right? epithets. Uh, Utah is the, the 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 is the city that uses is the it, I've heard is the worst. I've heard that's the worst city mm. for. Uh, I shouldn't say city. Uh, going to the whatever their uh, stadium is, that's right. supposed to be the worst. But Boston's always had its racial issues. Yes, I'm just saying that if 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 there was actual footage to match what they're showing in the no, show, I think we would have saw. It. I think they're dramatizing. Yeah, they're the dramatizing that. But uh, you know, I've heard them say, "Yeah, we got to get out of here because these guys are not. They're they're pissed." Right. And, and you know what, Boston was Boston wasn't used to losing, and they're definitely not used to losing to the Lakers. And even as we get into the 80s and we're going through the Laker uh, Celtics, you know, rivalry still going on. You know, they talk about it like Boston's like the hard hat, the working guys. Right. And the Lakers are the pretty people, the Hollywood mm -hmm. and the hatred. Uh, they build that hatred between those two kinds of teams in that in that. So I don't know that do you make is that racial or is it just hatred? Is right. it tribal? Right. I don't know. So, I mean, I do know. But uh, uh, the city itself, though, also has a problem. So you have to balance all that out together. So, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's I think it's tribal. I think, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, you know, and I hate to say this because I'm not trying to minimize it, but, you know, there's people have been killed at baseball games after the games. I mean, people get so infuriated about their team losing. And I like again, we've talked about this. I don't understand it. You're fighting a person who doesn't play on the team because they're they they're they're rooting for the other team, while your players are eating dinner with the team that they lost to. So the players are getting along. You're the idiots that are outside fighting, which doesn't make any sense. But that's how the media, and I, I like to blame the media for a lot of things, moves people in that way. And they like to make these little the the Hollywood. Uh, the Hollywood people fighting the hard hat people. So that's part of what it is. Okay, well, this this is a part that I know you might be able to answer more than me. Um, when 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 um, Jerry Buss was talking about let's play let's pay Michael Cooper more, and his and the people you know in the circle were like, no, we can't afford it. That's insane. And I don't know if it was Jeannie Buss that brought it up or it was Jerry, but he said. Hey man, we're in the Reagan era. Um, Dead is cash. Baby. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, my, I, you know, I was gonna ask you. So, is somehow because it was the Reagan era, that meant what? That they could afford to pay, to to spend more? I, I I think this is there's a little po uh, political uh, ideology going on in this, but yeah, the idea was though you could you could borrow. 
And you know, there used to be a time when you didn't want to you, you didn't want to have loans. There's lots of people who didn't have loans. You know, you you say people paid cash for cars. They saved up their money and they bought a car. They didn't take out a loan. Uh, and then it became okay. You, you you got a loan, and then the big business started saying, "Well, you're worth basically as much as you owe." Is is was the kind of phraseology that was used. You're worth as much as you owe. Because people have to keep you in business. If you owe a billion dollars, they can't afford to lose the billion dollars. So they're going to keep you in business. If you owe a billion and I need to keep you supported with another couple million dollars versus losing the billion, I'm going to give you the couple million. So you're always worth more. I, I think that's what they were going to. But it was more about uh, going into free agency that was what that Jerry Buss was smart enough to realize and wanted to take care of his players before so that he was buying a year ahead of time their loyalty boss is already taking care of us we don't need to run over here we don't need to spend this money but i love jerry and this is something that i wanted to get to that i'm glad you brought it up jerry again and i hate to do this all the time when i but i have the opportunity to so i'm going to take it jerry said i made what eighty thousand dollars my whole career eight hundred eight hundred thousand dollars his whole career no, was still considered one of the greatest players of all time. He's the logo. And we have these women in the WNBA whose team have not aged into a league that makes that kind of money yet are complaining that they don't make enough money and they have to take these other jobs playing basketball in another country. While these guys, many, many of these guys that played professional basketball, when the season was over, we're working at grocery stores or uh, uh, hardware stores or whatever it was to put food on the table so they could go play basketball in the, in the regular season and have these other jobs in the offseason because they didn't make enough money. They didn't have a place to go make another million dollars somewhere else in the world. And I understand that they want to be paid for what their worth is. But like I said, their league hasn't matured to make that kind of money. And there's Jerry West, who at that point in his time and retired from basketball yells, I only made $800,000 my whole career. And he was on a championship team. So I don't understand. It's in context. You got to put it together in context. Dude, I really would love to know. And, and you know, I, it's almost like how we, we, you, you mentioned something earlier tonight when we were talking about uh, video game consoles and you bought your son, uh, a PS5 and digital versus hard disk. And you go, you know, when you buy the DVD, there's the extras. I wish they would have extras on this. Would they interview actual Lakers? Well, because I want to know, was Jerry West as fiery as they make him yeah, on this? Yeah. Because, dude, I'm telling you, we're everything I've seen, we're, we're looking at the, the older just now Jerry West. Yeah. And he seems like a calm, old man demeanor. And I'm going... Are they exaggerating? I heard he still gets fiery. That fiery? Not maybe that fiery. The cursing and the... I heard he cusses, He curses quite a bit. Really? Dude, there's a persona that, you know, this is kind of funny, though, man. I'm going to be real honest about this for just a minute, because I know people say, I dance around all these... Here, here. We always hear about black folks have to wear the two faces, the one for the public, the, you know, when they're around white people, and, 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 and then the one when they're around black people. White people have always had multiple faces. There's the business face where they go in and they do their stuff and they're the, the, the good guy and they speak well and they do. And then there's their at-home personality, which is completely different. We just are accustomed 
to having that face, that public face going out that you call the white face to deal with people. They all have that face. The profession. You think the professionals are all like uptight and buttoned up when they get at home? Oh, I okay. I'm not disputing you, but then they wear more faces than us. Uh, they do. They got the business face. They got the home face, and they got the niggas. This is for you face. I'm not going to say that's not true, <laughs> but there, there's always been that face where there's the business face where you present the business look, the attire, the haircut, the everything that made that uh, that look to be presentable at your office. But that's not necessarily who you were, dude. Like I said, I, you know, Norm Nixon was my manager. And I'm and I'm watching the way his son is portraying his dad in this, and it's fucking me up because I just want to call Norm and go, nigga, you was like this. I think because, because I'm because I'm going again. Norm is a nigga from Macon, Georgia. And Norm's natural personality from everything I I'm hanging around him, he's so low key, he's quiet, he's reserved, he's not a loud guy, he's not a colorful guy, and that's why when they got Devon going, uh. As they're walking and they see the white girls, and he's like, I'm talking about that right there. Yeah, baby, all this shit. I'm going, the norm I know, that ain't norm, dude. But norm was your manager. He was your business person. Yes. Do you think that you don't think the norm went and got down like everybody else? Maybe. But, I, you know, listen, when you come from certain parts of the South, that 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 upbringing, that hospitality, those roots are so deeply sewn into you that it's like, okay, I'm not saying you can't let loose at 20. You come to LA, you make your money, you're still gonna do what young men do. You're in Hollywood too, right? You're in Hollywood. You're but, not in the middle of the country. I know, but them roots, them southern roots, are so sewn into you that I go, how far of a departure is that? Pull up, do do yourself a favor. You don't have to pull this up right now. But pull up the guys that were playing at the Chicago Bulls before Jordan got there. The ones that he said were all doing drugs. The cokeheads? Yeah. Right. See if any of them come from the roots areas the that South. you're just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Money, okay. money, okay. women. Okay. That's a fair argument. It changes I'm you. just going, the norm I know, he doesn't seem like the type of dude that strays from who he is. Well, his upbringing. I think you should try to get him on this podcast. They do yeah. do a podcast though that's a, that's a companion piece with the with the movie that right. people could check out with the show. But I'm just saying that I think we should try to get him on. Number one and number two, I I do think and even if he comes on here, people are going to remember things the way that they want to remember them, and other people are going to remember them the way they saw some things going right. on. And so it's different. But I come on, man. You you think I don't care what how you're well rooted you are in your community in your home but when you're not at home and you have every opportunity to get whatever I got you okay because listen you tell the joke you tell the very famous joke uh the, the, the you're about uh Martin Luther King yes Dr. Martin Luther King yes and it, he had some extracurricular activity going yes on. and we know that we all know that right right where, what is his not? Is he not deeply rooted? I hear you. You're making the case. I got it. So I got it. I, I hear you. It's just it's weird for me to go. Damn. And, and listen, by the time Norm was my manager, he was well into his older age, retired, separate from that life. So yeah, maybe that part of him is because that's what I saw. 
I, I'm going, I'm making the mistake of going, that's who he's always been. Listen, any sexual thing that we've ever done in our lives, the, our great, great, great grandparents had done it already. Right. But we don't think about it that way. You're right. You're right. We you're didn't right, make up, right. we didn't make up sex. Sex was happening way before we got right. here. People have been fucking and thinking about people in a, in a fucked up way for a long time. Right. We didn't come up with it. So, you know, you, somebody's great, great grandma was sucking someone's dick in the, in, in the fucking coat closet a long, long time ago. So we didn't do this shit. So everybody is, is, has done this. Uh, Kareem's white pregnant girlfriend. And to any Muslims that listen to this podcast, please let me know. I thought it was forbidden for Muslims to fuck white women. Like, that was one of the, can't eat pork. Can't do the white man. Like, like Denzel said in Malcolm X, I will not do the white man's drugs. I will not eat the white man's pork. I will not have sex with the white man's woman. And even Ali, I remember there was a great interview where Ali did something and the reporter, I forget what he asked him, but Ali's response was, I ain't got to sleep with no white women, do I? So, so I always thought that was taboo in the Muslim world. That's not Muslim. That's Nation of Islam. The nation doesn't. Okay. It's it's part of that idea. And Muslims do have white women, but they usually, they'll have them convert to, to Muslim. You have to be Muslim. That's what it is. It's not about white. It's about being a Muslim. Is If you go to Mecca, there's all different kinds of people there that are, are Muslim. White Muslims. Yes. yes. So it's different in, in, in the nation of Islam and what, what, what it's different. Right. So there's different rules for different okay. entities. Uh, dude, I don't know if you ever saw this. Uh, fucking funny. You know, Charlemagne the God has always been known for being a button pusher and controversial. Yeah. Dude, there was, I don't know if you ever saw this footage, but he was interviewing Magic Johnson on The Breakfast Club. And this nigga goes, hey, Magic, when you got the news meaning you were HIV positive. He goes, when you got the news, the moment you got the news that you were HIV positive, was there any point of view that went, it was that dirty bitch in Sacramento? <laughs> <laughs> and Magic tried to answer, but died laughing. Oh, it was a great clip. Like, it's that dirty bitch in Sacramento. Dude, just going off what you just said, I love in the episode when... Is it the first episode when they're dealing with the pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Dude, when he's... Oh, yeah. When he's on the bed, the imaginary magic is on the bed talking oh, to I Cookie. Oh, I love when they break that fourth wall. When he's talking to Cookie and he's, like, going, oh, but you... Basically, the dude isn't fucking her. Honey? Bitch-ass nigga. That scene is so funny when he goes, but I, I love... What, I love you? Or I forgot how he said it about talking about being, but he goes, but I'd love pussy just a little bit more. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he was a man of my heart, nigga. <laughs> he goes, you know, some dudes, drugs, alcohol. I like fucking. It's just so fucking. It's Dude, so I, I love when he's fucking the white, I'm assuming she's a hooker, and he's got the cast on. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I can't continue fucking you because it's cutting my leg, yeah. your cast. He goes, well, you just going to leave me like this? She goes, a rain check. And she kisses his calves. And her lipstick print starts talking to him. It's so good. Man, this fucking thing, dude. 
they this really, fucking thing, dude. They really figured out a great way to like get all the characters, get all the background story, get in all the story that they're looking for, and they bring it in in unique ways. This is what makes it. Let worth me let watching. me let me tell you, dude. And you know, we talked about this on season one. I wasn't a big fan of Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. I like him now. I was, I'm sold, dude. I I didn't like it for about the first twenty minutes. I just thought that nose, nigga, he got that toucan Sam. As he got past all that within the first, yeah, first episode. Yeah, you know me. what? He sold me. He sold me by episode two of season two. The whole first season, I was against it. No, I wasn't. But by, by this second episode, I went, you know what? He's Riley. He's Riley. He really is. Because, what, what I, and I think what didn't sell it for you in the first season is that Riley wasn't Riley in that first season. And when you listen to stories right. where you listen to about Riley, Riley is like trying to find himself. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He does. He wasn't a great basketball player. He was right. a Laker. He From Schenectady. And he was just a kind of a tough, you know, he was one of those hard guys that he played rough. Yeah. And he didn't know what career he was going to have. He didn't know where his place was. He didn't know what he was going to be. And he brought all that with him. He, I mean, he was doing the color, you know, for, right. uh, for, for with, with Chick Hearn. So all that was happening. And he wasn't that Riley. And that's the character Adrian Brody was playing in the first season. Right. Now we're seeing him develop into the Riley, which people talk about. Riley was one of the guys. He was one of the. And then as he became Pat Riley, he kind of separated. He went in his own Pat Riley way. And he became a different Pat Riley, the one that you are looking at and that you're saying that you were comparing Brody on that first one. Right. This is and he's becoming that Pat Riley now. So I think that's why you're getting more comfortable with it. I'm going to tell you who the real soldier is in this. Cookie Johnson. <laughs> this bitch stood through this nigga through a pregnancy with another woman and the hiv. Yeah. That's a hey man. Hey, OK, so here's my question, though. So you got a woman that you done fucked in the, and this is like like I would think considered up there with the oh nigga no you did moments like like if you really want to piss a woman off have another baby by another bitch so not only did he commit that cardinal sin but he gave her or he or what we what he what what she thought he could have gave her was the scariest STD known to man at the time. Possibly. And their baby. The HIV, the HIV, nigga. And she stood by him. Now, how much of that is because I really love this man versus it's Magic Johnson, the millionaire, the star basketball player. If he was Magic Johnson, the nigga that worked at Payless Shoes and did that, does she stand by him? No. No. So his fame and his name and his celebrity... Not necessarily. I, I don't. I don't say that it's just that. I think that she, like the mom, and, and I don't, we don't. I don't know how much of this is true, but the mom said he, you know, Irvin's dad had another right. family. I think that Cookie realized that she loved him. He loved her, but he couldn't. He didn't have the ability to control all the options that he had around him. And she had to go, I know who 
that I that he loves me and that I'm that. But as far as the sexual appetite that he has, I can't control that. And I think she was obviously she knew that. There's no way you're going to hide that. Not that kind of, not 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 kind of. He he's putting up big numbers. That kind of productivity is you go. You, you say putting up big numbers. Are you being funny, meaning sexually, or are you talking about professionally? No, sexually, big numbers, sexually. See, I was going to say. Listen, you can't hide that. Th- no, no. There's a lot of street chicks that fuck with street niggas who ain't shit for no other reason other than they lay pipe like a fucking madman. That pipe make a bitch act. It, it's like a drug. Well, Sex is a drug. But that's what they're saying in this episode. In episode, and he laid pipe like that. Yeah, because he like he's gonna give it to you this way, and then oh, that, he had the magic stick. Yeah, I'm gonna bend twice. He had the magic stick. All right, I'm sorry, but that's what's being said in this, right. and that he's good. He's good at what he's doing. It's been said by the other girls right. that are in the circle that are, that he's fucking. So his dick was a success. Success. Up until a point, and then everything fucking. Hey, listen, I don't have magic success, money, or any of that. And when my first baby mother found out that I got my second baby mother pregnant with not one but two kids, that bitch hung up the phone on me. It was done. But you know, she stuck with me. That's what I'm saying. If a bitch love you, and you lay in pipe, and you doing both, she love you and you lay in pipe. I like when Patrice went, hey, man, with a black woman, you could shoot her and she'll stay still, still, still stay with you. You could shoot a black woman and she'll stay with you. I got to ask you this last question before we go, because I thought of you specifically when I saw this. The scene in the first one, I want to say it's the first one. It is the first one. When Jerry is Jerry West, not Jerry West, uh, Jerry Buss. Is playing Monopoly with his kids. And I'm asking you this because you're a Jew. <laughs> Are you good at Monopoly? Is there a strategy to Monopoly? Fuck or yeah. is it just a regular game? Well, you're rolling dice. That's the it's it, that's the strategic it, part. No, that's there's nothing strategic about that. You you get what you get, you know, right. you're lucky with the dice. But if you're savvy, you know, and you want from business, from business, you figure out how to play that game differently. But what Jerry said was correct. So when he was nailing into his sons, like I beat you guys because you don't have the business savvy to win this game. That was accurate. Jerry, no, I keep saying, Jerry Boss, Jerry Boss. Yeah, Jerry was looking at it as I want my kids to get this k- killer instinct. First of all. Let's break down this just a little bit. And I don't know how much of this is actually true, but it seems like from what I've read and from what you've seen, it's close. But you got uh, uh, Jeannie Buss, who is Jerry. Yeah, she's cut from a daddy's cloth. cloth. And wants to do business and comes up with these ideas and sees things and and how she wants. And, and it's very telling when the one kid is fucking her tennis champion right. that she wants to continue to play with the strings, the LA strings. Uh, and the dude, her brother just wants to fuck her and says, well, she can't play because she, you know, she can't get hurt because you know, her, her big career. And genius pulls him aside and it's like, we, I need her. This is for the business. What are you doing? And he has a whole different idea. Jeannie was, uh, Jeannie is about the business of 
of sports and I, and, or business in general, she was right. Cause she was part of the, was running the, uh, the form and that was the business. You can't. And, and, and when, when he just goes, well, I'll give you this one for this one, even though it wasn't worth the same. Um, he was like, I need you to get a killer instinct. I need you to be part of this business. And he saw this game as, as, is more than a game because he's played in his life. And this game represents to him the business that he's done outside of the the game with the boys. He wants them to have that same cutthroat mentality so that he can trust them to go out and do the best they can for the business. And he says, he goes, well, it's a game dad. And I also don't want him out of the game that soon. He goes, it has nothing to do with him. (laughs) This was, this was the, the, the art of business, man. How are you going to do this? And you know, I would have said, Honestly, I would have said, yeah, I know that I'm trading him a shitty property, but I only, I can, I'll have these two properties. I could put hotels on it and it is a place that people land on. Now it's not the expensive spot, but it's a place that for a reasonable amount of money at the beginning of the game, well, I don't have a lot of money. I can get my hotels up. Right. And if you land on them, you're still paying me and I'm making money off this where I'm going to make enough money that I'm going to get some other property. And then I'm going to put some other hotels and bankrupt someone else. That is reasonable. He could have said that, that, but he said, Oh, I don't want my brother of the game. Jerry doesn't care about it. You're playing a game. If you're playing a game and it's not going to hurt your brother other than making him upset that you beat him at the game, fuck it. Get your fucking, put your big boy <laughs> pants on and play the fucking game the way it's supposed to be played. Right. Because this game is about, if you play Monopoly uh, to win, it is about a little bit about like, like business and life. It's not anything like it, but it's something how you, in anything in life, sports, games, whatever it is that you're competing at, it's your level of competition. And Jerry realized his kids didn't have the same level of competition that he has because he, from the very beginning of this show from season one, it's about him and Red Arbok, where he says, I'm going to cut your heart out. And he knows that he has to play this game to cut his heart out. And that's really the whole part. Of, that's really what this is all about. Right. And that's really what this is going to. This is this sports is business, but business is sports. And you got to play them both, and that's why when he when we're talking about uh, Michael Cooper getting three hundred and fifty thousand from thirty five thousand dollars a year, making thirty five thousand dollars a year, ladies, uh. Uh, and he's going to pay him three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and buy that 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 was that was Jerry thinking about business. If I we're going to get ahead of free agency. We're going to start paying these guys money. They're going to put them in contracts now. So when free agency comes up and everybody starts getting paid more money, uh, they're already ahead of what everybody's doing. And they already have their, their their team locked down. Not to mention, you know, there's another part in there where you see, and this is what, it, depending on how true this is, when Jerry is going to uh, to Stern and saying, we need one, one week a night on CBS getting the game isn't going to do anything for us. We need to be on TV. Well, if that's if that's true and that's part of the push and, and and Stern did make the NBA put them on television, get the big contracts without that. You don't have this kind of you wouldn't have had this kind of NBA. It would have eventually happened because you the sports was following football and, and baseball where the money was. Right. But it's a big business. And so that's all Jerry wanted. Big business. Fucking look at it. The, you're, you're not playing in the in the little kids pool anymore. You're in the big kids pool. Even if you're I'm you know. If Michael Jordan was playing that game and they're playing Monopoly, Michael Jordan's paying for – how much do you think he's betting on the game that I'm going to beat everybody at this game? Do you think there's any 
I'm going to give you my thing so that you stay in the game longer? Or do you think Michael, I, I mean this honestly, I don't know Michael Jordan, just the stories we've heard. Do you think Michael Jordan would sit down and play that game for free and just keep his brother in that game? Or is he paying for people's souls and he wants to make, he wants to win some money on that game. Right. That, that's a different cloth, man. And, he, and this is what people don't understand. The people that have a billion dollars or make a billion dollars, they, it's not luck. I'm going to tell you, it's not luck. Oh, I don't, I, I, I would never think that. You got to have the soul to be able to beat and eat everybody else's lunch. You have to be able to take, you have to see that you're going to put someone out of business. You're going to take a fan, someone who could have been Dude, in business that, for. That, that's why I love when Patrice said, uh, I got money. I just wish I understood it. Because he goes, people that understand money, when disasters hit, like the fucking earthquake in Haiti, they jacking off. How many people died? Because <laughs> oh. they're trying to figure out how to, re how to rebuild Haiti without Haitians. They don't care if they're building with or without Haitians. They don't care about but that. But that's the comedy, though. Yeah, yeah. But, how do we yeah, rebuild yeah. a black city without the niggas? They're trying right. to figure out how to make all that money. They're yes. trying to figure out how everybody on the working on the ground level. They, you know what? It's even past that. They just want to know how to make another billion dollars. Hey, man, you just said it. That cutthroat shit. I wish I had the knowledge so to, to be cutthroat because I'm tired of being nice, nigga. I want to start being cutthroat to the people I love, family and friends and kids. You're not nice. <laughs> I hate to say this, man. Nice is part of ignorance, man. Because nice, we, nice is part of sucker shit. Nice is part of ignorance because we're nice to people because we think we should be. Let me tell you something. Being, and, being nice has cost me so much money, dude. Being nice. Like I always said, and I remember when we did the money episode, and I said, man, party's the reason why these athletes go broke. They don't know how to say no to their family and friends. I could never be that dude. I'm that dude right now. I'm that dude right now. And I want to say no. But part of the reason why I don't say no to the two people I should say no to is because they have vaginas. Yeah, but that's, see, that... That's a weakness. No, no. It's a weakness. No, no, no. Um, if you really want me to say the truth on this podcast, say I'll say, it. it's ignorance. Fine. Ignorance is weakness. No, ignorance. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of vagina out there that you can get for less money. Here's the beauty of it. The real beauty of it. There's a lot of vagina you can get times 50 if you make the right cutthroat decisions. Yeah, but you don't have to. Yeah, and you don't have to deal with that. And listen, I'm not saying it to be to be mean. I'm just saying I'm not even taking it as you saying it to be mean. I need to listen. I'm hard headed. I'm stupid at certain things. I'm soft. No, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you exactly who you are in this. And I and I just had this conversation be with careful. someone about you. We still you. got road dates for the rest. No, of the no, year. I know. No, no but but I mean, no, no, this no, no, is no. easy. I, you know what it is? I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. And I don't, I don't have any problem saying this because it's not a bad thing. It is a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing. It's you're very comfortable in what you know. You will eat a bad dinner to avoid a terrible dinner, because I know this is, I know this dinner is not, it's, it's going to be okay. But I've been, I here, know this taste. I know this taste, and I've been here thirty times, and I've tried other things, but this is the best of all the shitty shit that I can find. Right. And so you'll go to that place. And not try a different place. After a certain amount of time, you're just like, this is the best. This, this is the best this town has to offer. I've mm. seen you go. You've been doing this for 30 years. I, I, I was just talking to, to, I'll tell you, I was talking to Tara about it. 
And I said, sometimes we go to a place, and this is why I said I love diners and drive-ins and dives. It gets Aries to try something new because he likes the show, so that's an experience for him, and there's a reason to try something new. Otherwise, he'll go to the place that he's comfortable that he's been to 10 times in that city. <clears throat> and that's what it is. You're comfortable. You don't, you, you don't want to have to fucking try to figure something out and take the chance that it's going to be even worse than it was, that the other <sighs> thing was. And you know that's not that's kind of normal. Do you you know that's normal? That's no, I know I do. It, it's listen, it's like I said in you know Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption, institutionalized. Is it better to be in prison or is it better to be free? But when you've done 30, 40 years in prison, it's what you know. Yeah, and it becomes comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah, and you'd so, be insane to go. You'd rather be in prison than be free. But when once you know and you get comfortable. It's what you know. Yeah, I'm not. And so I, I understand that. And that's why I said I like that diners, drive-ins, and dives because it gives you, you know, when you see it and you know you're going to a new place, hey, we're going to try this. And it makes you excited about trying something new. Otherwise, I know, you know, we're going to go and, and and you have your safety things. And it's really, it's been a very interesting uh, few years being on the road with you because I've learned a lot. And I've also learned you a little bit, like how you do things. And I understand why you do them. But you, 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 you have, there's more out there if you want to do it. But I understand, dude, when I'm on the road with you, what do we do this week? Jimmy John's. I, how many times did I eat Jimmy John's this week? Three, three, three days. Yeah, man, because it just wasn't worth it to and do And you it. know where I was? Around the corner at Hooters. <laughs> I, and I thought you would have went there because I know you like Hooters. But I mean, what's it? Listen, I, listen, if we're going down the street, I know, I know, I'm going to tell you the places that we, I know you can find Aries. If you ever want to find Aries in your city, you know he's going to be there. Here's where you look. Look at Hooters. Uh, look at, um, uh, what, what's the, the Mar- martini uh, looking place? Uh, the uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure. Oh, yard house, yard house, yard house. Yes. But what's the other one? Not Bar Louie. Bar Louie. That's the other one. Yes. Those those three right there. Yeah. And if there's a Jimmy John's by the hotel, I'll tell you what. If you're in Dallas, we stay right by where there's a Jimmy John's. Oh. The club is right there. We Downstairs. go. We'll go to that Jimmy John's two times, at least two times, because it's right there. It's easy to go. It's lunchtime, and sometimes you just don't want to get an Uber. Go somewhere. And then go, this this sucked. Give out some dates. <laughs> Give out some dates. <laughs> dude, I'm loving the winning time, dude. It's good. It's really good. I, I really, it's really fucking good, man. And Adrian Brody, honestly, I, I think that not only is he doing a good job, but he really is Pat Riley right now. He yeah, really yeah I'm Pat telling Riley. you, he sold me. I don't know that I'm sold on Michael Chiklis. Has, uh, I have not been sold on uh, And uh, I like uh, Michael uh, Chiklis. Uh, Red Arback. But, but, you know, we don't really know a lot about Red Arback. Yeah, but the way he's playing him, it's so... I think it's You know what? I think I'm just stuck on Michael Chiklis' performance in the horrible Fantastic Four movies is the thing. Yeah. And that's kind of tainted me. I think a lot of people like Red, so I don't think that he was as miserable as they're making right. him seem like he right. was. Okay. So uh, we just got done with Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. We're out of here t- uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, you're going to find us at... Uh, hey... Oh, no, I'm not even supposed to. I'm not talking about that because that's not a big deal. Let's see. August 24th to the 27th, we're going to be in Pleasanton, California. Tommy T's. That's in Northern California, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland area, guys. Come on out. See us if you're in that area. August 31st to September 3rd, we're going to be at the Philadelphia at the Helium Comedy Club. That's August 31st to September 3rd. September 7th through the 10th, we're going to be at the uh, Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut. 
and we're going to be going and have some uh, a bees. What, where do you remember the name of the place? That one is that? No, I can't remember. Place, right? Yeah, but I, there's like three of them in that area that are the. We're gonna we got to try all three of them this time. We got to go every night and go get a different plate of pie. September fifteenth through the seventeenth, Louisville Comedy Club in Louisville, Kentucky. September 29th through the thirtieth, Aries is going to be at the Improv in Kansas City, Missouri. October sixth through the seventh. You too, motherfucker. I might. I think I might have got a date somewhere. October 6th to the 7th, uh, Hartford, Funny Bone in Manchester, Connecticut. October 13th to the 15th, uh, the Improv in Orlando, Florida. It's Man, it's funny that we're, we were there almost exactly the same time last year. So October 19th to the 22nd, we're going to be the Shom, uh, we're going to be at the Chicago Improv in Schaumburg and October 26th to the 29th. Looking forward to going back to Milwaukee for only our second time out there. Milwaukee Improv. It's actually in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, November 3rd through the 5th, we're going to be at Levity Live in West Nyack. And I'm just going to give the dates to the end, basically, here. Uh, November 10th to the 12th, we'll be at the Tampa, Florida Improv. Uh, November 16th to the 19th, Ontario, California. Damn, I'm so excited when we go back there. November 24th to the 26th, San Jose Improv. December 1st to the 3rd, uh, Tacoma uh, comedy club in Tacoma, Washington, obviously, uh, December 7th to the 10th, Magoobies. Yeah. We're back in the Baltimore area. December 15th to the 17th. We'll be at the summit city comedy club in Fort Wayne, Indiana, December 21st to the 23rd Bricktown comedy club in Oklahoma city and December 28th to the 30th will be the improv in Washington, DC. Yeah, baby. We're back. The boys are back in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our whole schedule to the end of the year, guys. I just wanted to get it out there. I'm not going to give out all those dates again uh, for a while, but uh, I just want you guys to know where we're going to be because people have been hitting us up for dates later in the year, so there we are. Now, Jack, we both know I'm going to be an honest man from now on, but if I did decide to become a thief, what makes you think you can catch me? Can I have a lot of back ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Cali Boy, Dre song promo, music on all platforms at Cali Boy Dre, K A L I B O Y D R E, Instagram, Facebook at Cali Boy Dre, K A L I B O Y D R E, YouTube channel at The Real Dre F Yasco. I think that's uh, T H R T H E. R-E-A-L-D-R-E-F-Y-A-S-K-O. Cali boy. Enjoy. Incidentally, my agent said, uh, March 2024, we're back in fucking Boston again. Really? At the laugh, laugh button, is it called? Uh, Stop. No, it's just laugh Boston. Yeah, fucking Boston. They took all the words out of it. Laugh Boston. I can't fucking wait to see us. It's going to be fucking great, kid. Right? Fucking air, you fucking, the fucking, the fucking kike in a nigga. It's going to be fucking crazy. <laughs> Dude, I love playing there so much because you actually, it, it, it's such a weird moment because you come down the uh, escalator. The to fucking Weston, escalator. The fucking Western. It drops you off in the lobby. And you're right fucking there, kid. In front of the comedy club. In front of the fucking place. I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care what kind of You don't have to outside. ever go out fucking side. It's perfect. It fits whatever your agenda is. And then that uh, place that you took me to, again. Would have had the fucking lobster rolls. 
when a bread was dipped in fucking butter. <laughs> oh my god, it felt like I was inhaling Tom Brady's semen, kid. That's got, that's got to be the tastiest treat ever. Imagine Tom Brady's cock inside of a bun on a bun with with his butt with butter and his semen. You couldn't even tell the fucking difference. <laughs> Name's Bobby Patterson, by the way. <laughs> Does Bobby Patterson have pierced nipples? I do. <laughs> uh, but let me ask you a question, kid. When when you see a guy with pierced nipples, what, what what's the jewelry there? What do you call him? I don't know. Uh, the, the, the fucking, oh, there's a bar or there's a hoop. But I know, but what do you call him? Like fucking uh, nipple rings. rings. Nipple rings. Yeah. Have I ever got my nipples pierced? It would be Tom Brady's actual Super Bowl <laughs> rings. I'd have his rings pierced to my nipples. How fucking great would that be, kid? <laughs> and the only thing that would be greater than that is if, if, if I had his championship rings pierced to my nipples and then he slipped his fingers in the rings. <laughs> I'm face to face. <laughs> I'm face to face. <laughs> With the greatest Anglo-Saxon, purebred, white man, cleft chin, fucking God. He's wearing his rings attached to my nipples. Bobby Patterson doesn't mind that uh, Tom Brady left him for uh, Tampa? Not at all, kid. Not at all. I I, I go where he goes. (laughs) You know what would be great? If he put his fingers in the rings, and then he and I... Both walk together through the fucking gay pride parade. <laughs> My name's Fabi Pettis, by the way. All right, we're up. That's the show. Like so me, I ain't scared. I'm just sad in my mind. Top of the tree, I come. Top of the mountain, a giant. One and I'm leaving the signs. They want me believing the lies. Want me to pick up the shine. Lights on me, I'm fine. Lights on me, I ain't scared. I'm just out of my mind. Top of the tree, I climb. Top of the mountain, a giant. One, I'm leaving the signs. I don't believe in the lies. Want me to pick up the shine. Lights on me, I'm fine. I'm in the class, hit for the show. I'm in the bag, can't you tell? I'm in the shadow, I'm in the cut. I'm in the tunnel, deep in the well. I got the color, I got the water, brand new color, mixing well. I'm on the island, just like Castaway. Now I'm on the cell. I can't even understand what the brain. I cannot prove what I see. Deep in the dirt, digging up diamonds, it ain't rough as it seems. Lights on me, but somebody's shining, why they following me? Right back in the shadow, don't nobody know where the tunnel lead. Life no game, but I'm holding dice. Life's still on, but it's no more night. Friday here, no Freddy in sight. Monday night, why Freddy so nice? Don't know why, but it's no more light. You talking in code, I'm talking in fright. Brand new word, I ain't talking about twice. Brand new board, still holding the dice. Brand new chore, now I got the slice. Out my mind, you know it ain't even. Jack back then, you know I'm grieving. Gotta come back, I can't miss briefing. Fuck some birds, don't know the season. Ape like jump, don't know a season. Whole new world, why point like freezer? Whole new class with a brand new teacher. Temperature rising, feeling the meter. Hypnotized, chasing less. That's the pride when I seen her. Sipping on the bumble, sipping out the mistress from the creature. Now I'm in the huddle, now I'm jumping hurdles from the bleachers. Now I'm right back in the tunnel, cause I'd rather just leave it a beaver. Daddy still on my, my mind, still I'm feeling final fever. Knocking on wood, no people. Duck in the middle, who thought it was even? Figures through cross, never thought about cheating. Staring, I'm bending the spoon, not thinking. Staring, I'm bending the moon, not dreaming.
do the face to face? I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy style, you can get a ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it? 